The Gospel reading comes from Luke, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Just then, some Pharisees came up and said, Run for your life. Herod's on the hunt. He's out to kill you. And Jesus said, Tell that fox I have no time for him right now. Today and tomorrow, I'm busy clearing out the demons and healing the sick. The third day, I'm wrapping things up. Besides, it's not proper for a prophet to come to a bad end outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killer of prophets, abuser of the messengers of God. How often I've longed to gather your children, gather your children like a hen, her brood safe under her wings, but you refused and turned away. And now it's too late. You won't see me again until the day you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of God. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You know, Kermit the Frog once said, It's not easy being green. All evidence to the contrary this morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day. So, if you were here last week, Pastor Clark told a story about Snow White. And I love a good pun, so I thought it was great. But when I told the same story to one of my art classes on Monday, I thought that he didn't tell the whole story. Where was the happy ending? So you see, when Snow White was upset and was told that her photos weren't ready and she shouldn't worry since someday her prince would come, Eventually, she did return to Walgreens, and the photos were done. She looked through them and thought they were mostly okay, but one of the prints was charming. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) My students had the opposite reaction. They groaned. (laughs) I told you that I love a good pun, a play on words. Words. What an interesting topic. About a month ago, Pastor Clark asked me if I would be willing to preach today. Of course I said I would love to. He told me that for Lent, he was doing something a little different and that he was going to base his sermon on ancient words. I was intrigued by that concept, but a little nervous about the word he was, uh, I was going to get. A few days later, I got an email that said he trusted me to preach on any topic I wanted, but the word he would have preached on was covenant. I told Clark when I saw him that, uh, when I saw the word, what the word was, uh, I wanted the title of the sermon to be Promises, Promises. And he asked me if I was going to sing a few bars of it for you, and and I told him no. (laughs) Nevertheless, I was excited to do the work and explore the word. I have heard it as early as I can remember in the church. Just does, what does it really mean? And what does it mean to us? And how has it been used? I know that we take words for granted. We think that they're a way of communicating, and of course they are. But words not only have meaning, they have power. And we should be much more careful when we choose them. 
We all know the saying, the pen is mightier than the sword. A sword can only hurt those it physically touches, but a word can do so much more. Have you ever been hurt by a single word someone spoke to you, called you? We currently live in a world where certain words are spoken of as dog whistles. There is a power in words to create and a power to destroy. From the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. The important word here is light. But I think there's more to that story. Look at the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, with a capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Scripture tells us that Jesus is the Word of God, and through him all things were created. So if we don't think that words have power, we really need to reassess. We often use many different words for a single concept. In most languages, there are different names for the same thing. And I once heard that in one Native American language, there were over 30 names for solid water. In English, we have several, but not that many. Snow, ice, slush, hail, and I'm sure I'm missing some more. Promise. We have many words for that, too. I can take an oath. It's a promise to do something. I can swear, as I swear to tell the whole truth. Or, I swear I'll clean the living room today. <laughs> yeah, my wife is laughing. Yes, she is. <laughs> I can take a pledge. And all of those words have something to do with me keeping mine. I can promise myself that I will do something, or I can promise somebody else that I will do or not do something. Do we believe that we are going to keep our promises? If so, why do we have stronger words than promise? How about taking a vow? How many vows have you taken in your life, and what do they mean to you? I think that somehow we look at the word vow as something stronger than the word promise? If so, is it expected that we might break our promises? And what about vows? And what ever happened to my word is my bond? Why would God have to do anything other than promise he would do something as he always keeps his word? And of course, covenant seems so much stronger than vow. Covenant has a powerful connotation. Maybe it does not have all the power of the words light, life. The words of creation were not made by us. They were made by God and God alone. But a covenant is between God and us. And at least in one example, between God and us 
and all the other animals of his creation. Covenant, as defined by Webster, a usually formal, solemn, and binding agreement. Generally, God promises us something, but usually expects something from us in return. The New Revised Standard Version of the Bible contains 380 uses of the word covenant. The first time it's used is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 18, where God makes a covenant with Noah, that while he will destroy everything on the earth in a flood, Noah and his family and two of every creature on earth would be saved. But first, Noah had to do a task. He had to listen to the instructions of God and build an ark. Chapter 7, verse 5 says, And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. After the floodwaters recede, the Lord once again made a covenant with Noah and all the creatures that were on the ark. Chapter 9, verse 15, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Today's Old Testament reading was God's promise to Abraham that he would have a son from his own body that would be his heir, and his descendants would be as numerous like the stars. And then he proceeds to make, proceeds to make a covenant with Abraham that his, that his children would be given the land that was described. We know that God fulfills his promise to Abraham and did give him a son, his heir. We also know that the Lord put Abraham to the test. Abraham must have understood God would keep his promise with every fiber of his being. After all, he almost sacrificed Isaac, who was God's promise. In the book of Exodus, we have Moses receiving the Ten Commandments. The Lord spelled out very clearly how we are to behave in a relationship with him. But we are a broken people. I find it interesting as an artist that there is some strong symbolism in what happens to the tablets. A broken people having the words of God, his Ten Commandments, on broken tablets. We always seem to be picking up the pieces of our actions, don't we? Of course, the pieces were placed in the Ark of the Covenant. Of the 380 times the word covenant is used in the Bible, it appears that at least half of them are used to describe the Ark. Now, while the word covenant is used other times in the Bible, there is one other that is important to us. During the Last Supper, beginning in Matthew chapter 26, verse 27, then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you that I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. The covenant is that of forgiveness by Christ's own blood, and it comes with the promise that you will be forgiven and share in the Father's kingdom.
To God be the glory.